0: Companies that were on the leading edge got to the leading edge by putting technology and features from AI in front of customers. The customer feedback loop was what got GPT to, to be one of the fastest growing technologies this year. And it was the customer feedback loop that we needed to focus on.
1: Hello and welcome to Go to Market with AI, a podcast for sales, marketing, and customer success leaders using AI to scale their growth operations. I'm your host, Connor Jeffers. Hello and welcome, Yamini.
0: So excited to be here, Connor.
1: I am incredibly excited. I was joking to some folks on my team that we started this podcast for the sole purpose of, I wanted to talk to you about AI stuff for as long as I could, because you were one of the first people that I ever had a conversation about generative AI with. And I remember because you were like, oh, you saw this? Uh, and I was like, yeah, it's super interesting. And you're like, I have this big stack of books. I'm reading everything. I am obsessed. And then we <laughs> didn't get anything else that we were going to talk about done because we spent the rest of the time talking about AI things. And I've just been wanting to go deeper than that ever exactly. since Exactly.
0: <laughs> I still remember that conversation and I'm still reading a stack of books, uh, but it's been a very eventful one year, Connor. Yeah. right?
1: The long, the longest year that I feel in in technology history of of how wild things have been. So, I, where I'd love to start is, yeah. do you remember when this first, like specific to generative AI as opposed to AI AI generally, uh, of yes. when this came onto your radar and when you started to say, oh, this is very very interesting and something that we should be paying attention to, and I should be developing expertise in this arena.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, so two distinct points, and I'll tell you both. First one is fairly dated. I studied, you know, computer engineering way, way back, and one of the most fascinating things for me when I was doing that was neural networks. And now, this when we're studying neural networks, it was like this whole concept of the potential for neural networks to be able to think, and I was fascinated back then, and so. You know, just along the years, I, you know, looked at like ImageNet when that happened, uh, the Transformers paper when it came out in, you know, 2017. And it was like, wow, things are progressing in a way where something big could happen. Right. And, you know, when I was studying computer engineering, it was like nothing big could happen. And so, you know, I'd been like fascinated by it. So that's like point in time in terms of like touching base on where, you know, the world is going. And it's kind of simple. It, you take a neural network, you give it all of the data and information, and then you use you know, a very simple way for it to process all of that information and you predict the next word. And you begin to predict it with a level of you know precision that it actually makes sense, right? That's the concept of it. And so I've been fascinated by that. But I'll tell you, obviously, November 30th last year was big. And it was big because of the, uh, not just the technology, because we've been having, you know, advancements in technology, but because they put it in the hands of customers and customers started using it and using it for practical applications. And that is like a huge moment in time. And I still remember the same time of the year, we're kind of a couple of weeks before Christmas right now. I was in a car with two friends and my my husband, and they were like, what's going on? And I literally for an hour and 10 minutes did not stop talking about generative AI. They had to like eject me out of the car because I was so excited about what this means for small, medium businesses, what this means for marketing, for sales, for service. And I'm, I'm, can't wait to geek out about all of this with you. But it was just this moment in time in December last year where I was connecting the dots. And then we could see how impactful this was going to be in exactly what we're doing.
1: Yeah, no, I I think uh, I remember very similarly, I actually think my mother in law or my future mother in law was in town. And we were at we were at lunch and I was talking about, this is going to be amazing. You can do all these things. is And she was like, oh, that's really cool. But that's really far off the I'm like, no, it's now. It's right now. It's you now. can do this today. It's crazy. And I think the thing that I remember, I spent so many hours, uh, and I'm not an artist, and I spent so many hours with Dolly and just doing the extension components. And yeah. I was like, this is unbelievable. And it's funny yeah. to me, like reflecting on that and then seeing the video components that can happen now and it's, how yeah. extensible all of this has become has been really breathtaking to watch. And I yeah. I, I feel very inside of it. And at the yeah. same time, can't possibly keep up with the blistering pace.
0: <laughs> I, I want to talk to you a lot about like, where are you experimenting? Because you just, you know, have done a ton of research on the applicability of AI in marketing, sales, and service. And I read that report, and it's like you know, just great insight. So yeah, let's get in.
1: <laughs> sure. So where I where I'd love to start is one of the things that we're amazed about is in our in our research and when we talk to a lot of organizations, everyone's very. This is really exciting. We aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure how to do something, and we'll get into sort of all of the why's of that. But something that's been unbelievable for me to have a first row seat to is. How much HubSpot has embraced this technology and deployed it throughout the organization and throughout the products. And when I talk to the product teams, there's not, oh, this is the person in charge of AI stuff. It's every team, every product, every organization is working on how to get AI built into what they're what they're working on. And yeah. the scale of HubSpot is vast. If I just look at, at LinkedIn, you're almost 9,000 people globally, and you... And the rest of the HubSpot leadership team have managed to say we are doing this, and we're doing this now. And how have you approached the deployment of that into the entire organization and into how you build product?
0: Yeah, so I'm going to tell the backstory on this. I think uh, you know that that is as fascinating as what you are seeing and perceiving, you know, in terms of the progress we have made. So. November happens. And then, of course, you know, Dharmesh is like so excited. (laughs) Dharmesh Shah, our co-founder, so excited. And he probably, you know, I'm talking about it and he's probably not sleeping, you know, working on all of this stuff. And then around like February, we were like, okay, this is game changing, which means it we need to change, you know, everything that we're doing this year from a roadmap perspective. And, you know, we talked about it with the leadership team they were on board but then one of the things that we did is okay great how do we exactly go and do it we interviewed probably at that time who we believed to be the sharpest minds in AI in research you know in companies like OpenAI in other companies that were beginning to embrace it and were in the leading edge we we went out and reached out to like 10 just amazing experts that we could find and we brought our entire leadership team and we you know, just went on this listening and learning tour, and um, just uh, you know, Andrew Ng, you know, folks from OpenAI, just amazing, incredible people that we were talking to. And you know, couple of things that we you know we took away from all of those conversations in the March timeframe. One, the time delay between research and actually product manifesting, you know, that research was not months not years, it was weeks. And so every single person said from something coming up in generative AI from a research and academic perspective to that translating into product was just happening in weeks. And so uh, what we took away was that the product innovation cycle needs to like really speed up to kind of you know embed that. That was number one. The second insight we took away is people could predict what was going to happen maybe ten years from now, you know the world looks very, very different, and you know things very things are all kind of driven by intelligence, but no one had a clear path of what how that was going to transform in the next one to two years, and everybody was like, you know we'll we'll know this is going to have huge impact. We don't know exactly how it's going to have impact and that was a huge takeaway for us and then the third thing, which was probably very insightful is that. Companies that were on the leading edge got to the leading edge by putting, you know, technology and features from AI in front of customers. The customer feedback loop was what got, you know, chat GPT to, to be one of the fastest, you know, growing technologies this year. And it was the customer feedback loop that we needed to focus on. So three big insights that came out of research and we immediately kind of went and we said, We're not going to, you know, deliberate, we're just going to do. And we pivoted the whole company to think about AI. And across all of that, one clear decision came up at HubSpot. In 2015, we said, every company that is a scaling company needs a great CRM, so we're gonna build CRM. that was the high conviction move back in 2015. Any small, medium business that needed CRM, we're gonna make it easy. And we had the same conviction coming out of all these discussions in March, which was every company now needs an AI-driven smart CRM. And we're just going to build it and make it available. And that's where you see that AI is deeply embedded within our smart CRM. And AI is deeply embedded within each of the hubs. And we just believe that we need to democratize such a powerful technology and build it in and embed it in across all of our hubs as well as the platform.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that the thing that resonates with me the most, and I think I, I'm generally drawn to technology. I'm generally excited about the future. I've been in the CRM universe my entire career. And I yeah. think the piece for me that became so obvious is having been somebody who used CRMs, designed CRMs, built CRMs. This immediately felt like something that, much the way, same way I think on the consumer side, people are seeing AI impact on video and, and it right. resonates instantly. I, I feel that's as extreme. And it, I think if you are somebody who has not spent a lot of time in the CRM universe of products, it's as impactful from my perspective as when you see it interface with video of saying, whoa, this is going to change how everybody uses these systems. It's going to change how everybody uses these products. And something that you just mentioned is HubSpot and smart CRM being independent from all of the hubs. And I think one of the things that makes HubSpot really unique is the core CRM is unified as you have this, this base CRM and then you have every hub on top. Before we get into... What's so exciting about each hub and what hubs can do? Where do you see this interfacing with the core CRM itself that underlies all of the the HubSpot product functionality?
0: Yeah, I, I can't wait to, you know, get into this. Like you picked this up very, very early in as we were kind of like building the vision. So our vision is to build a customer platform that's deeply embedded with AI. And the customer platform, you know, has a system of record and a system of engagement. The system of record provides one single customer record. And you said this, right? You and I have been in CRM for the longest time, Connor. What have we always struggled with? Well, there's a little bit of customer data here in marketing. There's a little bit of customer data there in service and you gotta like integrate, you gotta build this and you never bring it all together into one single record. And I would claim, and I would love to debate if you think there's something else. The The single biggest differentiator with HubSpot is our customer record. And the fact that you can look at, you know, campaign information, the last sales conversation, the last support ticket, and you all all you need is that single customer record. That's the most powerful and differentiating you know, feature of, of HubSpot. And that's our, you know, our viewpoint that 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 system of record becomes even more smart with A.I., and you can customize it, you can extend it, you can drive—you know—much more granular capabilities with it. But that is powerful. And so, part of what we have done is over the last few years, we have invested in this system of record layer, which is quite distinct from the system of engagement, which is what you know—if you're a salesperson and you need to do prospecting, you need an engagement for it. But that's diff- distinct from the system of record. And so, we've done a lot of work. I'd like to ask you, you know, what do you think has been the biggest, you know, maybe the most innovative thing that we have done there from your perspective? But I feel very strongly that these two are distinct, they have unique value, and we've been investing in the system of record as much as we have been investing in the system of engagement.
1: I think the delineation there is really powerful. It's something I I spend a lot of time with, whether it's prospects that are thinking about, hey, we're evaluating HubSpot, or yeah. it's market analysts that, and it's people who aren't as in, embedded in the CRM space yeah. of understanding. The core differentiator is most organizations that are not using HubSpot uh, as a connected CRM have Multiple different products and then they spend yeah. a lot of money and time and energy integrating all of those yeah. things together and so what yeah. was what leapt out to me from the AI research that we did is that people found when the AI is is integrated and in core to the tool that they use the yeah. efficacy of that is so much greater than if it's some side application that's integrated in but I think if you if you think about CRM itself if you have a CRM layer that is deployed across all of your systems of engagement, regardless of the team that's using it, the impact of that AI is far greater than if you're trying to connect it to all of these ancillary systems. And in our research, what we found is teams that have singular platforms that have AI connected in have much better outcomes than those that are using sidecar AI systems that are integrated into the AI that they're using.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't know if you remember, like after inbound and, you know, we've since launched HubSpot AI and HubSpot AI is in the platform as well as the hubs. I actually asked you this question. Hey, what is the most exciting thing that you heard at inbound? And your answer to me was, you know, the power in your core CRM and the level of customization within the core CRM. That was your answer. Why was that, that so important?
1: I I think the reason it's so important is, Every organization is different and what every organization wants to achieve is different. And I think that the ability to tailor the core CRM infrastructure and platform and and your system of record to how your business works, and then to use different systems of engagement to deploy that data and deploy that customer record, I think gives you superpowers. Uh, And I think that so many companies think about this from a lens of, I want my sales team to do better. I should go buy sales technology versus I want to acquire customers, serve customers, and communicate to my customers more effectively. And generally those people have completely disconnected systems of record. And so it's really difficult for people to know what's going on. And I think that there's this wave that's happening in CRM software and and generally of the more connected of a customer record we have, the better experience we're going to be able to deliver. But I think that you see this rise with everyone saying, oh, let's go build CDP or let's go build reverse ETL and data warehousing and let's try to solve the problem of stringing everything together versus what if we had a system of record that is extensible, is customizable, and you can be adding a lot of these engagement functionalities on top. I think is a very different way of thinking about and solving that problem. And I think something that a lot of people, Miss is you get HubSpot's core CRM for free, but also included in every other product. And the value of that core element is something other other organizations are selling. Just the database, you can have a yep. login to the database, and that's that's the offering. And so I think it's really really powerful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You get it. You get it. <laughs>
1: Where, where, so in terms of how you're thinking about AI in, in CRM, I think one of the things that you had said to me in a conversation we had was most people are going to experience AI at work, which I think we found in in our research is that's where people first experience AI. There's, there's motivated teams. We find go-to-market teams in particular are the ones adopting AI at the highest pace and those that are yep. adopting AI are performing a lot better. So I think that's a feedback loop that accelerates itself. Why is CRM and CRM platforms the area that that you're most excited about for AI to manifest and how people experience it?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, a couple very clear, you know, high conviction points for us. AI needs a ton of data and AI needs to be in the flow of work. And if those two things stand true, then, you know, we can actually drive effectiveness in go-to-market in areas where we have struggled with quite a bit. So, you know, our hypothesis, as we looked at like generative AI, we said, one, small, medium businesses typically don't la- have large language model experts. They don't have, you know, even, you know, just deep expertise in predictive plus generative AI, the combination of both, which leads to value. They don't have all of that. So let's actually democratize it. Then we also said, what does this mean if we bring this into the flow? with the insights for a marketeer, for a salesperson, for a service person. And the level of applicability for each of them is just exceptionally high. But Connor, maybe one of the things like a year into this journey, I think we'll have few phases of AI. And we're in the very early stages of AI adoption within, you know, go-to-market and front office. The first stage that we're all in is really task-based. And this is where what you're alluding to, instead of having like a Point solution that generates an image or generates, you know, a blog, have it in the flow of your work. Where when your job is to create content and you can leverage technology like AI, it's just going to make it easier and better. And so everybody is now releasing beta features and you know general available features that actually drive those tasks within go to market. Whether it's a mass marketing. You know, use case of generating blog or a sales use case of summarizing your call notes or support use case for deflecting a particular ticket. That's phase one. There is a second phase, which is it's no longer about these tasks, which will all become table stakes. It's much more about goals within, you know, front office. So think about campaign manager who has a budget of, let's say a million dollars and is trying to figure out how to mix you know the different social channels and how to mix the level of content that they have what is the right combination of content and channels that maximize the return for a particular campaign well ai can actually help with that and that's where we are going in the next stage which is like much more goal based or agent based technologies where you can give a series of prompts and you say here's the dollar amount here are the channels here's the type of content help me land a better mix and that is all in the flow of your work it is not a point solution you know it is not a you know go uh, figure this out in a, in a distinct place it is actually in the flow of your work and that is going to be exciting and i'm sure there's like a phase even beyond that that uh, everybody is like you know curious about we'll get to that phase i think the first two phases of table stakes task oriented second is like agent based and goal oriented and then you know, probably even more complex, you know, stringing together of goals that will happen as we progress with AI adoption.
1: I, so as you said that, which I think is extremely insightful, what what dawned on me is th- the two things that really form how I think about technology is you have the speed and, and the feedback loop of communication. and yeah. And I think the dawn of a lot of digital work is the speed at which you can communicate with another person and the speed at which you yeah. can get something back is really high. And if you, like, I think about, it's Napoleon like a couple of weeks ago, but you're, I'm going to send these letters. And so you have the the general in the field is writing a letter back to the kingdom and the kingdom is getting it. So that's a really long cycle time. And similarly, if you are working in an organization where you need an analyst, you need someone to go pull this data, you need somebody to analyze that data, they need to put together a report, you need to discuss that report, you need to come up with how it's going to impact and guide your campaign strategy. What ends up happening is not that none of those people have anything to do. I think to your point if you're a campaign manager and you're looking for that data and you're trying to make the best decisions in the flow of work, the efficacy and speed with which you can answer those questions, make those decisions, and actually get the manifestation of that work into reality increases dramatically and therefore your productivity increases. And so my assumption here is that that just means everyone does way more stuff or everybody does way more quality stuff. Like how does that impact both what people are working on and what comes out the other side.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I you know, we had this conversation right around inbound and my my point of view is this. There is a downside to all of this. If we take the level of intelligence that we have right now and we just take that speed, right? And you just take that speed factor and we start, you know, iterating really fast and creating a lot of like content, that's just spam. Yeah. And, and the world doesn't need more spam. We've already have... Enough digital garbage, you know, coming at us that I don't think the purpose of like, you know, AI is to just increase the speed and drive a lot of like volume of uh, content, which will, which is just spam. The way is my perspective is we're in the age of intelligence and the most intelligent way to use intelligence is to drive connection. It's just not the speed, it's the effectiveness, you know, and the insight that comes out of AI. If, you know, in marketing, if all you do is generate, you know, 20 more blogs, but the effectiveness of each of those blogs and how many people you're able to, you know, attract with those blogs comes down, then you've lost the purpose of marketing. And so for me, it is all about what is the level of connection that you can drive with AI. And in order to do that, you have to have all of the context data. You know, we started talking about, you know, uh, smart CRM and why having all of the data in one place to begin with, not integrated, not, you know, happening once every month, but just to begin with, have all of the data make sense. Because when you feed that to AI, you just get like much more insight Mm -hmm. rather than having point solutions that are not, not in the flow of work.
1: Yeah, and I think, I think customer expectations go up. It, yep. and And unfortunately, I think that today and to your point before, the speed with which you go from research and understanding into productization is so fast. And previously, if you didn't adopt this technology and you were behind You're only behind a year, two years, and the speed at which that acceleration happens is so vast that if you are not in an environment that you are ready to deploy and take advantage of that AI technology, that is probably the single most important problem to solve. And I think it starts with having that unified system of record, having a unified view of that customer, getting your data to a place that AI can interact with it. One of the things that I've talked to operations folks about is you are not going to be replaced by the AI functionality, but the importance of clean data, connected systems process that generates consistent outcomes that you can measure and iterate, manage and feed to that AI is extremely important because you cannot feed spaghetti data to the AI and expect to get something valuable at the other side. To your point, it's a guessing machine. It's only value is the data that underlies it. And if you're feeding it with bad data, you will not accomplish anything. Exactly.
0: I mean, (laughs) music to my ears. (laughs)
1: So, so okay. We talked about smart CRM. I think it's really important for people to understand the distinction between the smart CRM at its core and then the systems of engagement on top. When we say systems of engagement, that's marketing hub, sales hub, service hub. What, what are you most excited about and where do you see each one of those hubs embracing and, and where AI is going to have the biggest impact on how people are using each one in the future?
0: Yeah, look, I, I think it's All, you know, again, going back to our belief. Nobody loves
1: all of her hub children equally.
0: Exactly. Come on. (laughs) You can't do this to me. (laughs) I love all my children. You know, if you think about our strategy, it's deeply embedding it in the platform and all of the hubs. But I'll say maybe the other way to think about it is what are the most known and what has the most, you know, impact and potential? And the hubs, you know, fall into different places within the spectrum. I think, uh, you know, One of the first use cases that popularized, you know, generative AI uh, in go-to-market is just content generation. And it's easy to see why. You take, you know, this incredible predictive machine and then you apply it to content and you get something better than what you could have written. And that's easy. And so on the marketing hub side, you know, being able to generate content, generate blog, being able to publish socially, we find that the use cases that have repeat usage in, This year within our customer base is social publishing. It's email marketing first, you know, no surprise. And then it's actually social publishing and people find absolute value in that. And that's not a surprise. I think which has the most potential. I, I, I believe like sales and, you know, service have the most potential. And let's take service, for instance. If you think about, you know, how to simplify service, um, it is what are things that you can self-serve or your customer can self-serve to solve problems themselves? And what are areas with human support that you can serve your customers with? You know, so self-service and human service are the two components of service. And we've made as an industry, some progress on the self-service. We have had knowledge bases, we have FAQs, we have communities, we can go and search content and you can do all of that. Generative AI completely helps us like leapfrog on the self-service. How? Because you feed all of that data that you've now had, feed it into generative AI, and now you can have a basic English, you know, natural language conversation with it. You no longer are searching. You're not sorting. You're not filtering. And I think the biggest leapfrog comes from taking all of this data and making self-service you know, go to the next generation, and I—it's—it's it's really going to transform how we think about self-service. And we're already beginning to see. We introduced, as you know, at inbound AI service agent. That's like one of the first things. But you know, chatbots and everything that people are doing to you know leapfrog with a with self-service is big. The human you know service is also not getting left behind. There's just a ton that you know you can take those insights and feed those insights to your, you know, customer support or success person that has then a much better connected and insightful conversation. It just made their job better. And so I think uh, what is interesting about customer adoption of service is that if there's an executive within the company who believes in the power of generative AI and like are saying, okay, you got to go and do this, we're seeing adoption. Otherwise, mm-hmm. it's like taking a little bit more time and it's like slow and not progressing. So a lot of this comes down to some executive, some leader believing in the ability for generative AI to leapfrog their service. And I think that's exciting. And then sales is absolutely exciting. Like I said, I like all my hubs. In, in sales, it is you know, conversation intelligence has, you know, gotten completely, you know, supercharged because now you can take it, summarize calls, get call notes and the next best action. But then you take, you know, all of the connected information about your customer's journey, which product that they download, which, you know, web page have they looked at, what marketing campaign did they get exposed to, and, you know, all of your call notes. And then you can have like a much more insightful conversation and sales. So I think all, but known to high impact, they fall in different spectrum.
1: What what resonated with me the most about what you just said is I I think some organizations will opt for this. AI is amazing because it's going to make it so I don't need any service agents and we'll just self-serve everything. And I think what customers want is I want to self-serve in all of the ways that I, I should be able to. And as soon as I need somebody, I want to talk to somebody now. And I want that person to be educated. I want that person to be informed. I don't want to yeah. have to catch them up about what my whole yeah. journey is. And I think Genitive AI and Service Hub specifically has the ability to both empower that customer to have an incredible self-serve experience, but then also empower that agent to be able to deliver yeah. an experience that is hyper-informed about that customer and what they need. And that's only enriched and furthered by The smart CRM data at its core, which brings me full circle. It's like I'm really excited about AI-powered CRM in general, (laughs) which makes me happy to be in the HubSpot universe. (laughs) So
0: you've you've done a lot of research this year. So this year, you know, we started the year where more most people did not even know generative AI, and now, like, you know, my mom, my (laughs) aunt in India, they're all asking about this and. You've now like done a bunch of research with customers on where they're adopting, you know, is the adoption happening or what do you think are, you know, you know inhibitors of adoption from a customer perspective and where can we HubSpot as well as you, uh, a great partner within the HubSpot ecosystem help our customers?
1: Yeah. I mean, so what we're finding is marketing teams are are adopting fastest and the marketing teams that adopt generally are, are able to achieve better outcomes. I think what we're seeing is the biggest blocker for people is they don't know where to start. And mm. I, I think that there's a lot of excitement. What's interesting that you touched on is there's an executive in the organization. They believe in this. They know it's important. They want to drive it forward. We're seeing a lot of adoption. And otherwise, I think what we feel is people are stuck on the starting block and they feel like there's a lot of opportunity. And in the research that we do, the biggest obstacles are we're worried about security. We're not really sure how to start using this. We are anxious about how this is going to impact how we deliver our experiences. And I think for the marketing team, it's really easy because Everything they're doing is not not to say that marketers don't have stress by any means, but it's lower stakes of I'm talking out in the universe, I'm generating content versus a support team saying, what if we tell this customer the wrong thing? Like That's extremely yeah, exactly. stressful. And so I yeah. think that the biggest blocker that we see is fear of getting started. What, what I would ask you is HubSpot's done a lot of work on getting really accessible AI functionality into the product. If somebody, whether they're, whether they're current HubSpot customer or they're somebody who is maybe thinking about about HubSpot, how should they start thinking about how they can be implementing AI into their GTM strategy if they're on the starting block and, and they're in the, I'm not really sure what I should do first.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, look, uh, you and I have talked about this. The questions about data, privacy, compliance, those are real. And I think those are like table stakes. And uh, you know, every customer should ask those questions, should know that you know you should hold like vendors accountable for a level of transparency in terms of how your data is used which prompt data is going where you have to ask all of those questions and if you don't get the right results then you know push for it so yeah. i would i'd would start with you know not ignoring the most important critical questions that are inhibiting you know customers from adopting and do it responsibly now having said that there are easy starting points i think you know if in your marketing efforts, just as much as you focused on building website content, you should be focused on building, you know, conversational content, right? And, you know, having a chatbot on your website and, you know, you provide the website content for your customers to come and sort and filter through that, provide that same content in a conversational bot that now your customers can converse with you on your website. That's the basic starting, you know, a point we did this probably in q two Connor we launched a number of uh conversational bots in terms of marketing to answer simple questions about our product about our pricing, and we found that most of the folks that were chatting had like higher customer satisfaction than you know regular folks that were not using the chat bot, so I do think that you gotta get started there I think in You know, in service, which we spent a lot of time talking about, taking your knowledge base, taking your FAQs, taking your community responses and feeding them again into some kind of a bot and being, you know, very thoughtful about where human assistance is needed versus where self serve can drive. That's an easy place for you to, you know, get started. And then I think on sales, lots of places just, you know, providing tools for each of your sales reps to improve their ability to research a prospect to have you know a much better conversation you know that's a good place like prospect research company you know research being able to summarize your call notes those are easy places to drive much more rep productivity within sales and you know if you start there then you're going to gain confidence in terms of your ai strategy and then you can get to kind of like the next phase, which is non-task-oriented but goal-oriented AI.
1: So, what I what I love the most in classic Yamani fashion is if I was to distill everything you just said, it was start with the customer and, and work backwards, exactly. which I think falls into the Yamani mantra of how to do all things. I yes. I can spend hours talking to you about everything AI. Uh, thank you so, so much for giving us the time for sharing your insights. You have a lot going on and the work that you do and decide to do with partners and in the ecosystem at large is one of the reasons that we love working with HubSpot. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today.
0: Thank you so much for having me. And I love the way you support our joint customers. And thank you for the work you're doing in progressing AI within uh, the customers that we serve.
1: Absolutely. Happy holidays. I'll talk to you more very soon. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Go to Market with AI. This episode was produced by Ryan Gunn, Jordan Michalaitis, and Sassly.video. Until next time, this is Connor Jeffers. Stay curious, stay innovative, and embrace our robot overlords.